Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. And, and you know, and we'll usually wrap up the interview at that point and you know we'll have that conversation like I, so this is really important and it seems to me like we're not on the same page what do you think yeah i don't really operate that way okay perfect let's just be friends yeah dude i love that line of questioning because i just thinking back when i was a young gunslinging sales dude yeah. uh if you would have asked me how i contributed to the company the best thing i could tell you to do is i freaking outsold everybody else right but it doesn't you know, I mean, it, it's an answer to the question, but it's not an innovative in nature. So that's a cool line of thinking. Uh, I'm going to steal that, by the way. As I've said a hundred times before, building a business is the toughest thing I've ever done in my life because you're really going to meet the dude in the mirror as you're going through this because you're going to find out what the hell you're actually made of. So I'm stoked to bring Rick on today because he's talking about something that we are in the midst of doing a lot of, and I'm really excited to learn about some t tricks of the trade and some of the things that we should be looking at to make sure we're doing it right. So Rick, a lot of small business owners, they get to that stage where it's like, okay, now we got to really build out the team. We really got to start bringing people in. Walk me through what should be the biggest thing I look out for as I'm starting to hire, because our next big hire is going to be marketing. Um, we know that for sure. Um, what are some of the big swing things I need to be looking at when it comes to hiring, you know, any sort of staff? Yeah, you know what? So, so most people are going to probably tell you that we don't want to bring them on people that have the right skills, right? And um, I'm quite contrarian in that from that perspective because, I, um, okay, so I've been a recruiter for a lot of years, and one of the biggest problems that I found was that people who don't work out don't work out necessarily because of the skills. They don't work out because they don't align with the core values of the organization. Mm -hmm. And so first and foremost, you should interview and you should judge people based on whether or not they align with how your company operates first and foremost, before you even talk to them about skills, quite frankly. Yeah, but I mean, I, I hear you. And I've heard a lot of people say, you know, higher culture, you know, can train skills. Hell, I've even said those words myself. But there's got to be a working knowledge of we've gotten ourselves into a lot of trouble over the years hiring a generalist. Yeah. So it's like you hire somebody to do social media. And what you find out is they're really good in Canva. 
you know? Um, so, so there has to be, absolutely. Right. So there has to be a working skills knowledge. So do you go look for the skill set, but interview for culture? I mean, walk me through that. Okay. So let's talk about interviewing for culture because I think culture is too high level, right? Okay. Values alignment. I think values drive culture. And it stems from you, the CEO of the company, right? So how you operate, and if you think about how the other people in your organization operate that are successful, it's probably congruent with how you operate, right? So you need to get get that down on paper and be able to understand like, okay, these are the things that are important that help drive decision-making within the company, right? Now, once you have that down, um, then it becomes much easier to kind of dig down at a deeper level to understand who a person is. Mm. But to answer your question, yeah, I start with, you know, I have, I have a gap, right? I, I kind of treat everything like I'm, I'm trying to hire the person, not fill a role. And what I mean by that <clears throat> is I need somebody who's the right person in the right seat. And I actually, it's funny because I just put out an article yesterday about this. You know, what we tend to do is we, we hire the wrong person in the right seat, meaning we have a person who brings all the skills to the table that we want, that we think is going to, you know, move the business ahead. And yet the person doesn't align with the values of the company in any sort of way. And so now you've got this kind of disconnect mm-hmm. and, you know, you're button heads trying to get somebody to, uh, to, to produce within your organization. So looking for the right person first is is kind of critical and then understanding whether or not they can they can excel in that role that's that's the second piece of of the conversation and yeah. and what's interesting is i can do it in a recruiting call actually i just watched your thing on cold calling like i i love cold recruiting calls right because i can um i can in a recruiting call i can understand number one if somebody's position right for my organization but also you know, does this person have a level or a track record of performance that can translate over into my organization? And and I like to key in on people who are high performers as opposed to just kind of filling a role. And Sorry, so there's a lot of unpack. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that um, yeah. because you got me at the high performers because I want to I want to talk about that specifically. Yeah. But to back it up a little bit, when um, we like. Before we've hired the generalist, like the social media person, and we got a whole bunch of pretty graphics, right? So we started hiring for one thing, for lack of a better way of saying it. So instead, uh, like one project, and to see if they would expand. So sure. like email marketing, right? Cool, that's one thing. I need somebody to get dialed in on email marketing. Um, so we hired an email marketing, you know, expert, and they actually worked their way up to become the COO of the company. Um, okay. We've hired uh, a YouTube expert, and they started off doing YouTube for us, and now they're doing a bunch of micro clips and a bunch of other things. So we hire for that one skill set and see if they will evolve and step into it. Is that the right move, or should I think bigger than that? And then I got a loaded question after that. Yeah, I think you should think bigger than that, quite frankly. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 not the wrong move if it's working for you, right? Um, but what happens is how many did you have to hire of a YouTube expert to get yourself to a point where you got one that's stuck, right? 
So, um, less you know, than and, and no the generalist. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's, you know, there's, like we have people that work on, on contract in our company that are project based. Right. So you really have to, you, you really have to understand like, okay, is this, is this something that's long-term or short-term and, and right. can it, can it, um, can it evolve within the organization? Um, I found the biggest driver for most people today, especially if they're hopping ship from another company to come work with you is growth and being able to show some sort of growth uh, potential for them or help them to grow in, in a, in a direction other than just pushing buttons all day long. Right. So right. You, you mentioned you had two people started them out here, but then they grew up. Right. So you yep. provided a growth path with, for them. And now they're in a position where like, Hey, they're, they're contributing and they're part of the organization. That was something that they probably really desired. And, you know, unbeknownst to you, you, you know, <laughs> right. You were able to provide it to them. Otherwise they probably would have bounced. That probably is hindsight. You're probably a hundred percent right. Yeah. You know, the, the additional thing you said is, you know, hire, I don't, I don't forget the exact word, but hire, you know, the successful, the, the drivers, the, you know, the people that are achieving things because, you know, success leaves clues over my years. And I've hired hundreds of salespeople over the years, yeah. um, helping different companies and the likes. I will take a good salesperson versus a great salesperson all day long, right? Because I can take a good person and make them great for my company. Yeah. Right. Um, a great salesperson was great somewhere. Doesn't always mean they're going to be great for my company. Yeah. 100%. Well, I mean, so like sales people are tricky, right? Because they're judged completely on the numbers that they bring in most of the time. But, you know, you've got, you've got the human element that we totally uh, ignore most of the time. I had a really valuable lesson that I learned when, um, when I built up my company, Cross Creek. Um, I had a really high performing recruiter that I hired who um, crushed it, was doing more production every month than the other four people in my team. And the problem is that nobody else on the team could stand the person. Right. And as a result, what ended up happening was, you know, we, we, um, we had a series of events when the person went on vacation and somehow, you know, um, the person was going to leave cause they weren't happy anyway. Um, and we kind of found out about it, talked to the person and then they ended up leaving the, right after their vacation. And what was really interesting is during that vacation time when that person was out, production went through the roof. And our following month was our best month ever. I think we tripled what our prior month's production was. Mm. And it was all because that that high performer, that one person who um, who who was a you know a big um, a big driver you know production for us ended up um, really stifling the rest of the team. And then just everybody rose to the occasion afterwards. Yeah. And then we continuously, yeah. like our, our, our revenue, we just hockey sticked after that. So it was, it was a pretty incredible um, uh, learning lesson for me. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I've seen that play out in several companies. You get that one lone wolf salesperson and you know the company's like, oh my God, but they're producing all the money. 
until they get them out of the way and they can see what actually happens. So what I'm more interested in is actually how somebody does something, not their numbers, right? So, you know, with, with salespeople, I like to have them walk me through their last sale, like something or walk me through a sale they lost. Cause mm. I want to understand exactly what happened, how they fit, like how they think and how they might've figured out where they lost the person and what they tried to do to get that person back. God, it's such back, a great right? question because you can watch the squirm if they don't want to answer that question. You'll see what they're made of real quick. Um, yeah, and by the way, most most uh, interviewers are gonna are gonna do that. Once you dig underneath the hood of really anything, um, they get uncomfortable and they mm. might get um, they might be feeling a lot of different things. But you know, this is why I said success leaves clues because. If you're walking me through exactly how you did something and what happened and where it fell apart and why it fell apart and you have an understanding of it, then you actually did the work. Um, and if you, if you don't, if you're not able to do that, then you probably didn't. You probably didn't perform. And, you know, one of the things that I found about high performers and, you know, they could be good salesmen. They could be great. I don't know. But one of the things high performers can tell you exactly how they did something step by step. Yes. And they can tell you every problem they ran into. They they don't make it anything. I mean like and and they think about things afterwards. You know, how can they do this better? They're really good at explaining things and not coming up with excuses. Right. Yeah. So they're 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 not saying because of this I couldn't do this. They're saying I did this and this happened and that caused this to happen. You know exactly uh, oftentimes. Yeah. I you screwed know. up here. I owned it. Yep. I called them back. I made it happen. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Donnie Bovine here, CEO of Success Champions Networking. And I just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com and I look forward to seeing you there. So, I mean, literally our next big hire for us is marketing. That's where we're going. It's It's been a gap in our company for a while. Um, I would challenge that most of our marketing has been kind of shooting from the hip, gunslinger mode. Um, when we're in a space where we don't have a lot of working knowledge of you know, hiring and marketing, all the pre things we need. We know we need strategy. We know we need execution. And that's rarely two people. I mean, yeah. rarely one person. It's usually two people. Yep. Uh, what should I be looking at from that perspective to go, okay, these are the things I need to be looking at for hiring a role when I don't know all the, the things I need to know in particular for that position? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question because, you know, I've spent years recruiting in engineering you know, for software engineers. And quite frankly, I'm not technical. Right. Um, so one of the things that I had to figure out was how do I know if somebody's a good engineer? Cause, cause you really don't. And it really comes down to problem solving abilities. Right. So, um, one of the things that I look at, so I, I we have like a four step process that we take people through a, in an interview. Right. Um, the first conversation, which is our, 
I call it our discovery call. It's essentially your phone screen that you do, or maybe it's a recruiting call. And typically what we do is we spend like maybe 10, 15 minutes with somebody and then try to set up an interview. I feel like that's such a lost opportunity because there is your opportunity to really understand whether or not you should bring somebody in for an interview or set mm. up for an interview, number one. But number two, um, do they want what you want, right? Do they really desire the type of company that you are? And can you provide them a place where they're going to stick around and not jump, you know, six to 12 months later, right? I love that thought process because it makes me think, you know, we, we teach in, on the sales side of things is disqualify the prospect. Yeah. Right. Um, because if you can disqualify, you're more likely going to have a, a lot better conversation. I hadn't thought about doing that from an interview perspective of, you know, coming at it that they need to prove that they're really going to be a good fit for the company. Um, and Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, they don't necessarily need to prove. You just need to understand, you know, the purpose of the interview, if you think about it, is to get to the truth of who that human is that you're talking to. It, it's not to sell them on your job. Right. right. That as entrepreneurs, with. I've been guilty of it. I think all of us are where, you know, like I just need somebody to do this work, right? And you, <laughs> you just want to get it off your plate. And it's painful. You're like, all this work, it, I'm, I need this marketing to get done by somebody. And so you get impatient and the first person that looks like relatively okay, you pull the trigger on and you got that off my yep. plate. But, you know, um, you, you do have to take people through a process and, you know, it is a sales process. Recruiting is, to me, it's one of the most difficult sales processes because you're selling a person that can say no. So you're selling a product that could say no. So you're, 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 you're both ends, right? You're I could argue at every sale like, you're selling to sell, selling somebody that can say no, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. So. True, true. But, um, um, you know, just, just from the perspective of um, understanding who that person is, you know, do do they desire what I want? And then, then I dig into, like, I have them walk me through something they did that was impactful to their organization. And, again, like – you'll see some people light up and some people will freeze. It'll be deer in the headlights. And so I want to be able to get that on the table as quickly as possible before I waste their time or, you know, my team's time. Yeah. Cause I want the people that, you know, they're always, as this is loaded on my end, I want more innovators, people that are thinking bigger, crazier, willing to try things. I mean, we, we literally have a champion's code in our company. It says go break shit by trying new things. Yeah. And I want people that are in, I, I don't want people that are constantly looking at us going, what do you need me to do next? I need the innovators, right? You, you want uh, builders, you want people who build. So 100%. that's another thing that comes out in a conversation when you talk to somebody about what it is they want to do. So what it, you know, if you could create your next role from scratch, what would that look like for you? That's one of the questions I ask. Uh, somebody to run I, the whole company so I could put my feet up with a cocktail? I mean, yeah, is, is that an answer? Yeah, thank you very much. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? There's, there's a small percentage of the population that will talk about I like to build things. I, I, you know, I want to come in. I want to create something from scratch, and I want to build it. Those are the people that, as a small business – you want to you want to zero in on mm -hmm. because 
you know, I feel like uh, we kind of have a, a DNA, like a work DNA to us, right? Um, we're either builders, we're improvers, or we're maintainers. And the general population, most of the people out there, you know, the person that you just mentioned where, okay, I'm done, what do I do next? Donnie, tell me what to do. Um, those are maintainers. You know, they're not really looking for problems to solve. They're just looking to come in and have you but guys an, mentor them. Right. There's a need for those people in Absolutely. certain situations, 100%. certain roles, right? You know, yeah. you need those people that will just do the work. Yes. But you know. if you're talking about critical roles, especially if you don't really have anything, you need somebody who's going to come in and build it for you. Yeah. And so, you know, having the <laughs> skills to be able to do that, one, and two, um, having the, the desire to do it, you know, like that passion, like everybody likes to see people with passion, right? Like, yeah. um, but that passion comes from the content of the work or the problems that they're going to solve or, or something that's innately in them that they can bring forth. Yeah. So, I mean, when I think of passion, I hope they're passionate, but I want them mission driven passion, right? Like I want them to look at the company going, God, I have to be a part of this. I want to build this. Yeah. I can build what I want to build inside of this overall mission. So yes, I want them to be very passionate about what they do, but to the focus of the mission, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, the, and, and again, I think those are people that are innately builders, you know, they buy on to what the mission of the company is like, Hey, I get to come in and do this. That's, that's even, you know, that's more icing on the cake. Right. But, but and initially, like you just need somebody who's, who's like determined to come in and create something and, and like make it like blow it out of the house, like, you know, blow it out of the water. Right. You know, how do you, maybe this is a, a question you ask, how do you interview one to get to the truth of, are they actually looking to align with our overall mission or do they have something they're just trying to accomplish and our company becomes a thing that they get to build it within? Does that make sense? Because there's sometimes I think people have things they want to create but have an ulterior motive to it. Yeah. Well, their ulterior motive is usually they need to get a paycheck, right? And so or, – or, or it could be maybe they want to start their own business on the side. Their yeah. way to finance that business is through your company, yeah. your payroll you know, type of thing. Uh, you know, especially you know, as small business owners – we, a lot of us, you know, we made that corporate jump and now we're out on our own. So we're dealing with a bunch of other people that did the corporate jump, you know, uh, and the likes. And now are you creating the the platform for them to jump again? Or are, are, are they really wanting to be a part of this thing and run with you? Yeah. You know what? I, I, um, it, it's okay if you're not the final destination, but if you're a destination and not just a stop to the destination, you know what I mean? No. People are going to have alter, like, you know, people are going to have their own. Um, I mean, it, it's tough, like, because you, you probably want people that are entrepreneurial, right? In spirit. Yes. Yes. And, and so, you know, you, you have to mentally think, okay, well, look at how far can I grow this person? And at what point do they need to step out? And those are open conversations you can have with them. I mean, if you can get me from, 
zero to five, right? And then we provide a growth path and we help you step out, then great, we've got a win-win scenario here. Um, you know, and it, at that point too, you know, you've you've probably done a good enough job to where that person's trained up somebody who can step up, step up when that person moves out, right? Right. Um, you know, I think it all comes down to just having those conversations and understanding. So you, when you ask, how do you do that? Um, you know, I, I think of it like people are the most honest in the very first phone call because there's no, there's no emotional engagement and there's no, there's, there's nothing that is at stake at that point. Right. Right. That's what, that's why I always like to take advantage of that very first conversation and, and get deep with people because that's when the honesty comes out. Once they've come in and interviewed with you or they're getting close to an offer, then, then the relationship kind of changes and it starts to get a little bit more transactional. Right. And so once, once you start talking about numbers and it's transactional, then people start kind of taking a step back and they start being cautious and they're not sharing everything with you. Right. They don't want to say yep. anything that can screw up getting the offer. Right. So, right. No, that's fascinating. Um, so having that conversation up front, um, I, I would go deeper than just mission and I would go to core values. I mean, like, I'm sure that you have those, right? Because we call them champions codes, mission. but, but similar yeah, yeah. idea. Yeah. Exactly. You know, whatever, they, whatever they are. Um, now when I bring people in for the second interview, the first round interview, um, we do a, a value alignment interview first after the discovery meeting. And, and what's the difference between a value? Yeah, yeah. What's that? What's the difference between a value alignment interview and the regular interview? So a value alignment interview is there's four questions and they're behavioral questions that are designed to extract evidence to support whether or not somebody does or does not align with your core values, in your company. So we have a core value. I'll give you an example. Like one is uh, one of our core values is dig deeper, right? And part of digging, digging deeper is having a natural um, propensity for curiosity. So we have a question that's designed to understand whether or not somebody really operates from the perspective of curiosity. And then what we do, so we ask the question, but then we drill underneath the hood. We go deeper. Um, so might be something like, you know, tell me about the last book you read, right? Right. Or the best. Actually, our our question is: Tell me about the last thing that you learned or taught yourself. Mm. And then, you know, the follow-up question to that: So, what was it that drove you to learn that? Okay. So, why was this important to you? So, tell me how you did it, step by step. Tell me more. Walk me through that. What was the process that you did to get from here to there? And and all I'm doing is really just kind of understanding how they approached that like why that was important to them, how they approached it, and, and whether or not they really do operate from a, a perspective of curiosity. And as you dig underneath the hood, again, same thing, success leaves clues. If somebody operates that way, then, you know, and they're fairly truthful about it, you get this really great story where you're pulling in a lot of other data that's relevant to other key points within whether or not they'll perform in your organization. But if they don't, then like two or three questions in, that's when the wheels come off the bus. Yeah. And it becomes yeah. very evident that like, hey, we're not a fit here. 
and and you know and we'll usually wrap up the interview at that point and you know we'll have that conversation like I, so this is really important and it seems to me like we're not on the same page what do you think yeah i don't really operate that way okay perfect let's just be friends yeah, dude, I love that line of questioning because I just thinking back when I was a young gunslinging sales dude. Uh, if you would have asked me how I contributed to the company, the best thing I could tell you to do is I freaking outsold everybody else, right? But it doesn't, you know, I mean, it, it's an answer to the question, but it's not an innovative in nature. So that's a cool line of thinking. Uh, I'm going to steal that, by the way. Yeah. Oh, you can steal, <laughs> dude, whatever you want, steal it all. Baby. It's, it's free, it's out there. So, you know, and I was, I was the same way. But, you know, one of the things that I learned is, yeah, you could say you outsell everybody else in the organization, which is great, but walk me through the last sale and how you did it. Right. That gives me a lot more evidence. And I'm sure you yeah. probably could have said, oh, great. Let me show you how I did it. Absolutely. And yeah. and would have been able to walk you through some some really funny sales calls, even in addition to the last one, right? Um, because your best salespeople always have the crazy ones, you know, the oh, yeah. funny stories of how they landed certain deals, right? You know, there's so much AI in the marketplace, right? I mean, everybody, it, it's so funny watching three different companies send me the same email, you know, because they're all going to chat GPT saying, what do I say to get a CEO to reply to my email or whatever they're putting in there, right? <laughs> so yeah. I can't help but think, you know, I've done some hiring off of resumes, but not a lot. Um, but back when I was doing it, AI wasn't, ChatGPT wasn't around. Sure. I know if I, I never use a resume to get a job, but had I had and ChatGPT was around, you bet your ass I would have used ChatGPT to write portions of my freaking resume. For sure. Yeah. You know? So with AI, not just looking at people filling out their resume, are there things we should be looking at and utilizing to help us with the recruiting interview process and the likes? So I'm going to say something that's counterintuitive is that the only thing I use a resume for is contact information. And that's it. I, I agree. That's how it, I mean, I don't know a single great salesperson. That's just my world the best that has ever been hired because of their resume. I don't know a great performer that has a good resume. Like right. <laughs> I've got a database full of like amazing software engineers that I've worked with over the years. They have the shittiest resumes on the planet. They're terrible. Right. And you know, they get passed over all day long. My co-founder, you know, doesn't have a, great resume, but the guy's a rock star, right? So here's the thing. If somebody's got a great resume, it's because, well, they, they're probably not a high performer. Like, you know, they had time like, to actually like, put a resume together. <laughs> yeah. You got time to do it. I go, I go on LinkedIn and I look for the profiles that have very little content on them. Cause guess what? They don't have time. They're working, they're doing stuff. Right. 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 You know, and I always said says, like, your, your top sales guys are never on the street. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if I see like a LinkedIn salesperson at XYZ Corporation and there's nothing there, you can bet your butt like that's that's a person I'm going to jump through hoops to get a get a call with. That's freaking smart. I, I I love simple things like that when you're when yeah. you're looking at, you know, when, when we were hiring all the salespeople, I used to do stupid things like, hey, when you leave from my office, send me an email. Let me know you're leaving. And all I wanted to see is could they pay enough attention to detail? And 
oftentimes the people that did that were usually my better salespeople. Yeah. However, if they did that and then showed up to the office and then brought it up, I wouldn't hire them because there was a high need for approval that they did the right thing. Hmm. It was a fascinating tell for me. So, so because you're high achievers, they don't need to tell you they did the thing. They did the thing. That's an interesting perspective. Um, you know, I, I build into my job descriptions, call to actions. And so like what I've done is I've taken a job description, I flip it upside down. I make it more of a, a marketing piece of content. Right. And for example, actually I'm, I'm looking for SDRs right now. I, I posted it up as a free post on LinkedIn uh, last week. It was up for three hours. I got 51 responses and then LinkedIn took it down. So, <laughs> but of those 51 responses, I got three people who actually read the whole thing through. One of the things that I do is I try to make job descriptions extremely polarizing. Meaning I put my, I put my core values in there and I say, this is who we are. If it sounds like you align with these and we should talk, if not, go, you know, there's plenty of other places. Right. And, um, and uh, the call to action is answer these three questions. Don't send me a resume, but send me an email to my personal email address, actually my work email address, and answer these three questions. That's it. And so everybody, you know, 51 of those people just submitted their resume via LinkedIn, right? No response to anything. And I actually put a question on LinkedIn. Did you read the directions on the call to action, right? <laughs> That was a screening question. That's and, really, and that, it's, it's like being back in high school when they're like, all right, take this test. And the last question is don't answer any of the questions. Just turn the test in. You know, it's, it's that kind of same <laughs> process. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's that tricky, but yeah, I get that. I get what you're saying. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, once again, I've never been hired off a resume. You know, everybody right. came, they all came gunning for me. So, you know, in, in that regards, how do I had to have read a job description? My personality type, I wouldn't got past the first couple of paragraphs, you know, uh, for me. But once again, all my roles were sales, you know, yeah. and so, so, you know, I moved into management and executive roles, but every time I was hired, it was from a sales perspective. And yeah. So, uh, I, I don't even, can't even comprehend being on the street trying to find a job like that doesn't even make sense to me. I don't even know where I'd begin to look for a job had I needed to. Isn't so. that great? Don't you feel just <laughs> amazed by that? <laughs> oh, well, and it's the same. I tell everybody right now, I said, you know, if I were for some reason, you know, need to get a job. First thing I would do is walk to the first industrial park I could find, start knocking on the doors and say, are you looking for a salesperson? I'll outsell everybody you know. And I'll be hired before the day's out. Oh, you, sure. know, you know, because nobody does that. And yep. they know if you're crazy enough to walk in and ask for a sales job, that they're going to give you a go. Um, but most people would not do that. They're going to like, oh, I got to get a pretty resume done. I've got to go, you know, get all the things put together. Let me get my LinkedIn all cleaned up. You know, 
Yeah, you know what I do? It's funny because I do a lot of coaching. I, I talk to executive groups and I'll have people call me and say, hey, look, at I'm, you know, I'm, I'm transitioning. I'm looking for something new. I've applied to all these jobs and gotten zero responses. I'm like, well, okay, so don't do that. So like, d don't apply to jobs and, and don't, don't do the same thing over and over again, and expect a different result. It's not going to work, right? Um, the best way that I've coached people to look for a job is find a, find a job you really want and then go on a LinkedIn and find out who the hiring manager is going to be for that role. And then reach out to that hiring manager and say, hey, look at I found your company. Don't mention anything about the job, but hey, I found you. I'm interested in what your company does. Could we have a quick 15 minute conversation? Maybe I'd like to work for you in the future, right? Mm. And uh, go, go, go that route because guess what? The most, the easiest way to get hired at a company is to be referred in. Yep. Not, not go through a portal through HR who's screening a resume. Yeah. You know, like they don't have, you know, have any clue what they're looking for. They're just passing stuff on. Right. Yep. And so come in through a referral or actually find somebody that you would work with. Go, Hey man, I, I found your company. I'm really interested. We spend like five, 10 minutes talking to me about your company. I don't know if it'd be a fit for me. I'm not really looking for a job, but you know, what you guys are doing is pretty interesting. And then that employee refers the per you in, right? Much, much more effective than uh, responding to job postings. Yeah, because let's be honest, hiring in general is freaking expensive. Yeah. Hiring the wrong person costs you 10 times more than anything else. Um, I mean, because yep. your staff is always going to be your highest expense, right? Payroll's a bitch. Um, and yeah. you, you get into a series of a bunch of bad hires, you're going to be in a bad way pretty damn quick. Even even one, if you're a small organization, even one bad hire can cost you dearly. I mean, it could, it could sink the company, right? Yeah. So don't make them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, man, I'm 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 fascinated overall as I grow the company and figuring out how to bring in the right roles, the right people. Taking it kind of back a micro step for some of our listeners who are even before the stage and they're thinking about potentially hiring their first person, just go way back in the business run. How does somebody know specifically that when they're ready to start hiring? Um, about six months before you need to hire that person, you should start talking to people. Oh, but then the first excuse always comes up, but Rick, how the hell do I afford that? So you'd be amazed that, you know, with the right person, you don't have to pay them as much money as you think that you do a lot of times, because, you know, there's, there's, there's more than one type of compensation mm. for people. And what I've found, especially since COVID, I found this shift where people aren't as money's important, but it's not as important as it was before. What, what's been more important is the content of the work, the growth, and and the leadership that they would be working with. I would add in their lifestyle. Yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I yeah. mean, but I, I found like the the number one thing that I've heard for most people is is growth. It's been like, hey, look at I don't, you know, in order for me to like move up in this company, somebody's got to die above me, you know, <laughs> and 
that that's not a good place for for somebody to be where you know they feel like you know in order for me to get ahead in my life i really need to move out well perfect let's talk about that and and it's you know money might be a piece of it but if money is the number one driver then it's probably not the right person for you. I know I would tell you it's not the right person for you because yeah. there's always more money to be made and it may not be your company. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean Google or Amazon comes by with that fat wallet then you're 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 out. Yep. Absolutely. We we saw it all the time with salespeople when when they were so focused on the compensation structure, it was a red flag for us. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because your best salespeople long as they have an understanding of the compensation structure, they'll figure out the rest and how to make money. It's those people that, that are like, well, how do I make more? And they start asking all the red flags should go off at that point. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, uh, I, I was kind of trading it lightly, but yeah, when, when somebody's money driven, um, you're never going to win that war. So yeah. you, you should not even battle that one. Um, you should walk away, but you know, there are most people, Again, you know, it's a growth thing. If you can provide a growth path for somebody, um, if you can heal their career wounds, and that's that's the thing. I think, you know, uh, Gallup puts out a poll every year, and it, it hovers between 65 and 75 percent of people that are working are like dissatisfied in their roles. Mm. So you've got a huge pool of talent that's out there that that's not even not even being tapped into, right? And I would a say small percentage of people that are on job boards. Right. Well, and I, I think in, the, in addition to that, and you said it as growth. I think some people just really want to be a part of something and feel yep. alive might be not be the right word. But, uh, you know, when you actually get paired up with a team and you're actually – I, I thrive on sometimes those videos you watch the company hits a big goal and all the staff is like cheering and screaming, you know, oh, yeah. and those type of things. People want that type of environment. Yep. And I think if you can position your business as, look, we're doing some big things that you can be a part of. A lot of people will lean in and buy into that mission overall, if it aligns with what they're wanting to do. And Let's be honest. I've had people come work for me for way less than they've, you know, were working in yeah. the past because yep. they felt like they are part of them and they could see the long play. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know what? I've, I, you know, just I, I'm still doing search work, and and there was a company that I um, was working with last year. I had somebody take a hundred thousand dollar pay cut to join a company. You know, mm. over what the person was making because the growth potential was there and the, the, the role offered exactly what the person was lacking in their career. Yep. Right. So, you know, you, you have to start thinking of, of uh, compensation in terms of other factors that are, and it's what's most important to the person. I always, I always kind of chuckle when I hear people say, you know, if you give them better benefits or pay them more money, they're going <laughs> to stay. No, that's not true at all. I mean, I can still pull people out of Amazon and Google who are just, they're not positioned right for that organization. They're like wrong person, wrong right seat, right? Yep. Um, but for the most part, the thing that keeps people there is not benefits. 
And if you work in the benefits industry, stop selling that shit to people. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like your people will stay longer if you, you know, provide better health care. No, they won't. I, dude, I work for some amazing companies, some amazing people, and didn't have health care most of that ride. Yeah. You know, because phenomenal service, phenomenal company, fantastic commission plan. And to your point, I had an opportunity to move up. I mean, my last company, I walked all the way up to partner of the firm and was going to buy the company out. And, you know, that entire ride, I never had health insurance, seven and a half years, you know, yeah. through that process. Yeah. And, but there was a trajectory. There was a place for me to go. You know, yeah. But now at your age, you're like, I need health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely some of that for sure. For sure. I know, you know. I do. I'm like, oh crap. I'm kind of getting up there. Uh, <laughs> probably started thinking about health insurance. I was the same way. I didn't care about health insurance when I was in my twenties and early thirties. And I just cared about making like, doing really good work, making good, like making money. Right. Like that yeah. was my, my thing. Nope. Yep, absolutely. I, and it's funny. Cause I, I was thinking about when I hire myself back in the day, cause I was really like money motivated. Like, yeah. Um, and, uh, well to that point, probably not. I, I actually got corporate downsized because of it. I worked for a company called medicine shop and was part of their franchise sales team helped grow that company from 80 to $100 million. Cardinal Health came in and bought us out. And I remember sitting across, I'm 23 years old or something. I sit across from the vice president of sales and he goes, so what's your game plan? I said, I'm just going to outsell everybody you got. That was the end of the conversation. He immediately said, you know what? This is probably not going to be a good culture fit for you. So we're going to give you a package. And I went, wait, what the hell just happened? You Because know, in my head, I'm like, if somebody walks up to me and says, I'm going to be your number one salesperson, all right, let's have a conversation. But instantly, that guy yeah. was like, nope, not my guy. I'm like, yep. all right, all right. Oh, it's crazy, crazy. Well, Rick, we can keep diving into this for freaking hours, I'm sure. Uh, um, yeah. How do people get in touch with you? Um, how do they reach out to you, find more information and the like? Yeah, so I'm pretty accessible via LinkedIn. Um, I can also be reached via email at Rick, R-I-C-K, at Intertrue. It's I-N-T-E-R-T-R-U dot A-I. So you talked about A-I. We're actually using that. So we did develop a platform that runs this whole interview process with the human to ensure that you're making decisions that are based on evidence as opposed to, you know, bias, assumptions, and personal motives. How does an AI do an interview? I mean, I heard you say the human part in there, but... AI is not doing the interview. The humans are doing the interview. So, like, I'm actually running the interview. The uh, system is providing the interview questions and then providing prompts to dig deeper um, as to, like, to gather more, uh, more data to support whether or not somebody does align with that specific value or that, that, uh, that specific skill that we're evaluating somebody against. Huh. And then at the end of it, it's kind of providing feedback. So um, I make my decision, then the AI comes back and, and actually tells me that my decision was either correct or incorrect and where I might've been off. And so it's kind of got a teachable or coachable kind of aspect to it. To no, that's kind of like, crazy. And it's amazing what AI can do nowadays. It's yeah. just insane to me. So, um, and what is that? Remind me, what is that called? Um, it's called Intertrue. It's I N T E R T R U dot AI. So, like a plan. We're, we're officially, okay. like, we, we're in beta. We're officially launching uh, in August. 
Oh, that's so awesome. Next month. Yeah. That's awesome. And what size company should use something like this? Um, five to 50 million in revenue, somewhere in the range of like 10 to 250 people, ideally in growth mode. So if they're consistently, um, you know, adding three to 10 people per quarter, then we're a good, we're a good match. For that. Nice. nice. Also, you should be a core values driven company. It makes it much easier to use the system. Well, look, you're not going to scale without core values anyways. So, 100%. you know, <laughs> yeah. so, I believe so. it in so much, but you know, it's funny because I talk to a lot of CEOs, a lot of my peers, and they're like, I'll do that later when, you know, when we're big enough. And I'm like, okay, I mean, good luck to you on that. <laughs> I mean, you what's, have, here's the thing. You Michael, have question values. would always be what, what's big enough. Exactly. Exactly. But here's the thing, like you have core values as a company. You just choose not to write them down and let people make decisions based upon it. Like, yeah, because so, you could walk around to every employee and go, what's your core value? And they're going to say something along the lines, well, there's nothing been written down, but this is what I think they are. They're all going to tell you something. Yeah, they are. And they're yeah. most likely going to tell you, like, where the CEO is <laughs> failing. <laughs> right? <laughs> For sure. For sure. You well, brother, hold up that mirror. Absolutely. Well, this has been awesome, man. Thanks for hanging out with me. Guys, if you yeah. made it this far with us, do us a favor. Take a screenshot wherever you're listening. Put it on social media. Tag Rick and I in it. And as long as you tag us, man, we will come interact and say howdy and hello uh, and reply to anything you put out there. So as Absolutely. always, guys, love you, made it. See you, bye. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com, go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.